North Carolina is firmly on the March Madness bubble. So you know how you cement your NCAA tournament status? You walk right into Hansboro Indoor Stadium, I'm sorry, excuse me, Cameron Indoor Stadium, and you ruin Coach Mike Krzyzewski's retirement party. That's right, the North Carolina Duke preview is coming up, plus the final weekend slate for the ACC, and a report from spring football practice on the quarterback situation, all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Tar Heels. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Friday, March 4th, 2022. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast. As always, I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen and now your first watch every single day. Don't forget that we are free and available on every podcast platform. Well, today we start Cameron Indoor Stadium on Saturday, March 5th. 6 o'clock p.m. right there on ESPN. It's North Carolina. It's Duke, the best rivalry in all of sports. Take that to the bank. There is no other answer. <laughs> this is the last regular season game of Coach K's career. I don't know if you heard that. Coach K, is uh, he's retiring after this year. Newsflash. <laughs> no, that's not real. Everyone knows it. Good news is that Carolina has done everything they need to each of the past two weekends. They won a Saturday-Monday back-to-back in back-to-back weekends. That is nothing short of impressive, so they've pulled together four in a row after that loss to Pittsburgh to put themselves firmly on the right side of the bubble headed into this game. Now, they have a massive opportunity in front of them on Saturday to get a win that puts them undoubtedly into the NCAA tournament. So, what are the things we're watching for in this game? We saw it the first time around and it wasn't pretty, so Carolina's going to have to do some things to adjust. So, let me take you around the four corners. Here are four things I'm watching out for on Saturday. First off, the defensive assignments for Carolina. The question is the exact same question that Coach uh, Hubert Davis asked after the Syracuse game. How do you split Leaky Black in half? At Sir- uh, versus Syracuse on Monday, Leaky shut down Buddy Beheim while Cole Swider had the game of his life with Caleb Love guarding him. So eventually, towards the end of the game, Leaky switched on to Cole Swider, but then Beheim started scoring as Love was on him. Now, Carolina is going to face essentially that same dilemma on Saturday, and it's the same dilemma they had last time they faced Duke. Because unfortunately, Duke is a matchup nightmare for Carolina's personnel, particularly with Dawson Garcia, not part of things anymore. Obviously, we, we got to start with Bancaro. He, he is the best player on the team. And so last time... You might recall Armando Baycott started off on Bancaro, and that didn't go quite so well. Baycott found himself on the bench with two fouls pretty quickly. So, Leaky Black eventually took that assignment, but then it was A.J. Griffin's turn to go off. Here's another issue for Carolina. Last time, Trevor Keels was kind of coming back from injury, and so Jeremy Roach was in the starting lineup. But now... Keels is back and healthy and has been starting for each of the last five games. No reason to think he won't do so again on Saturday. 
Well, one of the defensive possibilities is, did you see what Coach Davis did at the end of the Syracuse game? Uh, on Monday, at the end of regulation, I should say, not at the end of the game. He subbed in Puff Johnson for Caleb Love. Put Puff Johnson on Cole Swider. Swider hadn't fouled out yet. And Leakey stayed on Buddy Beheim. Buddy Beheim subsequently fumbled the ball out of bounds on the baseline, which led to Caleb Love coming back in and hitting that three to put Carolina ahead just at the end of regulation before uh, the baseline jumper from Syracuse that tied it and sent it to overtime. So, obviously, I'm not saying Coach is going to start Puff Johnson. That's not a thing. But he's going to be a very helpful option when Carolina starts to substitute. I think that will help the defensive matchups. But that doesn't help defensive matchups at the beginning of the game. Why? Well, okay, so so last time in the first game, here's how Carolina started off defensively. R.J. Davis was on Jeremy Roach. Remember, Keels wasn't starting yet. Caleb Love on Wendell Moore, Leaky Black on A.J. Griffin, Brady Manick on Mark Williams, and Armando Baycott on Bancaro. And then the second half, they switched it a little bit to now Leaky Black was on Bancaro, and the difference was that then Baycott went to Moore. All the other matchups stayed the same. So here's what I think, again, this is just my opinion, but here's what I think would be the way to go about this. You have to make someone other than Paolo Bancaro beat you. You just you just can't allow that to happen. And so I am starting with Leaky Black on Bancaro, just like Carolina did after the Baycott experiment didn't work. Honestly, I would even take Manic guarding Bancaro over Baycott. Just I think that would work better. So that means then that Baycott needs to be on Mark Williams and RJ Davis is going to have to be on Trevor Keels. The problem here, Davis is six foot f- even, only 175 pounds, while Keels is 6'4", 220. But who else is R.J. Davis going to guard? Everyone else is bigger than that. So that's a matchup issue. And then I honestly would try Brady Manick on Wendell Moore. I think that might be an advantage for Carolina. Manick is 6'9", 230. Moore is 6'5", 210. Um, I know Moore might be able to get around him a little bit, but I think Manick could recover. And then that would leave Caleb Love on A.J. Griffin. They can stay with each other athletically. And so that's how I'm lining up to start things off. It can't be any worse than last time, right? So might as well try some different assignments. These aren't perfect, but the have to do. And again, honestly, in this scenario, it's Trevor Keels that worries me more than anybody else. He just went off for 27 um, their last time out. But maybe Carolina has an advantage again where they can take care, uh, take advantage of more. My other uh, of the number two, excuse me, of my four things I'm watching out for is that Armando Baycott just has to stay on the floor. I don't need to elaborate on that. It's Pure and simple, Baycott has to stay out of foul trouble, but I think he'll be able to do that, not guarding Bancaro. So, there you go. Number three, who are the X-Factors? That's the next thing I'm watching for. For Carolina, I think it is Puff Johnson. He can do a lot of things defensively. He can help with the matchup problems. Offensively, he runs hard. He can hit from outside, but he'll get to the rim. Battles for rebounds on both sides of the ball. For Duke, I think the X-Factor is A.J. Griffin. He torched Carolina last time for 27 points, career high. And with my prediction of make somebody else other than Bancaro beat you, he's a prime candidate for it because Leakey won't be guarding him. And then the fourth thing in my four corners that I'm watching out for in this game is this. Can Carolina take advantage of the emotion of the day? And here's what I mean. 
the day and everything surrounding it means more to Duke. The game itself and all the ramifications of what a win against Duke would mean means more to Carolina. So the day means more to Duke. The game itself means more to Carolina. More on the line. They've got nothing to lose because a, a loss isn't going to knock them down any further. By far, it would be their biggest win of the season. I think Carolina can take advantage of that. Well, that's my four corners. I hope you're ready for the game. If you want to hear more about it, I'm actually going to be a guest on Locked on ACC this weekend, and we'll be talking with Candace Cooper on there. You should check it out. Well, regardless of the outcome on Saturday, Carolina has already clinched a top four seed in the ACC tournament. What else is at stake for Carolina and the rest of the ACC on Saturday on the final day of the regular season? More on that in just a moment. But first, run your pool. March Madness is less than two weeks away, and that means you need to start thinking now about where you're going to be running your brackets this year. Are you going for the usual, or are you looking for the best? Here at Locked On, we've done our homework, and we're running our brackets with RunYourPool.com. Along with standard bracket types, Run Your Pool offers four other March Madness games, including things like Survivor and Pick X. They have all sorts of options to edit your scoring, and they offer more intel to help you make uh, take advantage of your picks. That's a lot more than you're going to get from ESPN or CBS. Plus, Run Your Pool offers all sorts of helpful customer support, custom branding, and one of the easiest three-minute setups I've ever seen with a bracket situation. Clearly, we at Locked On believe in Run Your Pool because that's where we're doing our brackets this year. So, there's no truer test than that. <laughs> if you want to play against us for a shot at a cash prize, join us at runyourpool.com slash locked on. And while you're there, create your own pool for your family and friends or coworkers. Enter Pure Madness at checkout for $10 off your custom pool. All the rules and details will be available there. Again, that's runyourpool.com slash locked on for your chance to win a cash prize. And if you want to participate in the Locked On Tar Heels poll, we've got that. The link to join it is in the show description below. Check that out. I look forward to seeing you there and beating you there. Let me also tell you about Built Bar. Built Bars are a great candy bar replacement option covered in 100% real chocolate. Some of the great flavors include mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They're all delicious and new flavors are coming out all the time. At Built Bar, they're all about the taste. They're going to make it taste delicious first and then figure out how to make it healthy. And honestly, I don't know how they do it, but they always pull it off. If typical candy bars are anywhere from two to 300 calories, it's awesome because most Built Bars have just 130. In addition to that, only four grams of sugar, only four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. That's great numbers. So go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED 15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. As we get into this preview of the ACC weekend's final uh, games of the regular season, let me also encourage you to make sure you check out the Locked On break, uh, Bracket Breakdown that's coming on March 14th right here on the Locked On Tar Heels podcast feed and YouTube channel. We're going to push it out to all the Locked On college channels. College basketball experts Chris Gordy, 
Andy Patton and betting expert Lee Sterling are going to give you in-depth breakdowns on every matchup of the bracket. So I'd encourage you to check that out. You can find it right here in the feed. If you're like, hey, why are you throwing that into my feed? I don't want that noise in my ears. That's great. You don't have to listen to it, but it's going to be there if you want it. So tomorrow, Saturday, is the final day of the regular season for the ACC. As is typical on a Saturday, there are seven games. 14 of the 15 teams will be in action, obviously highlighted by the game we just previewed, Carolina versus Duke. Let me give you the schedule of the other six games. You already know about Carolina and Duke, but the first six will all tip off in the early window, somewhere between noon and 2.30. So you got a whole slate of ACC content coming at you. Virginia at Louisville, Boston College at Georgia Tech, Miami at Syracuse, Virginia Tech at Clemson, NC State at FSU, and Pitt going to Notre Dame. So, who's not playing? Who didn't you hear in that list? It's Wake Forest. They're already finished at 13-7. and They are locked into the fifth seed. Nobody behind them can catch them. Uh, if Miami does lose at Syracuse on Saturday, they would be tied together. That's Miami and Wake. But the, came, the Canes swept the Demon Deacons in the regular season, and so Miami would have that fourth seed in that scenario. Also, uh, for Carolina ramifications with this, we're going to get into that in just a second. So, what that means with Wake Forest already being locked into the fifth seed is that the top four teams, the double buys, are already locked in. So that's Duke, Notre Dame, North Carolina, and Miami in some order. The only question is who will be two through four. Duke is locked in as the top seed already, their first regular season ACC championship since 2006. That's right. It's been a minute. Anything two through four is in play for Carolina. I won't bore you with all the scenarios. However... I'll, I will say that being the two or three seed would be nice because in that scenario, you could theoretically make the finals before you have to face Duke. Ultimately, if Carolina wins on Saturday or Miami loses on Saturday, either one of those give North Carolina the three seed and there's a scenario in which they could get up to the two seed. However, if Miami wins, Carolina loses, they are the four seed no matter what else goes on. Here's the interesting thing. The other groupings for the ACC tournament are also locked in as well. Just same scenario, the specific seedings and placement are yet to be determined. So we talked about the double buys. The single buys, who will start games on Wednesday of the ACC tournament, are seeds five through nine. They are Wake Forest, Virginia Tech, Virginia, FSU, and Syracuse. So once again, those are going to be teams five through nine who start on Wednesday after a single bye. Uh, just yet to be determined who will be what based on Saturday's results. And then that also means that 10 through 15, those bottom six seeds who are going to start play on Tuesday in the first round of the ACC tournament are locked in. That'll be Clemson, Louisville, Boston College, Pitt, NC State, and Georgia Tech. Once again, the question is, who's going to be where? And that'll play out. So we've got the three groups. Every team knows where they're playing. Um, so there, there's just seating yet to be determined. But every team knows, hey, when we head to Brooklyn to the Barclays Center, we know what day we're going to start. And so that's helpful heading into Saturday. But teams will have to start working on their scouting reports reports and matchup and all of that stuff after Saturday's action finishes off. And because of all those variables, honestly, it's difficult to project um, Carolina's potential quarterfinal op opponent at this point um, because there 
are th- even once seating's determined, there will still be three possibilities. There's a game Tuesday. The winner of that will play whomever's on the opposite side of the bracket from Carolina, and then the winner of that game, Carolina will finally know. So really, Carolina will, after Saturday, have an idea of who the three opponents could be, but not their actual opponent until after Wednesday's action. So, here's the thing. All Carolina has on their minds right now is what's right in front of them with Duke. They, again, they're going to Durham trying to ruin Coach K's retirement party. Well, in his press conference after Carolina's first spring practice back on Tuesday, Coach Mike Mac Brown hinted at the possibility, hey, we might experience a two-quarterback system. Yikes. What? Yeah, more on that in a moment. But first, let me tell you about Bet Online. Football might be over for the season, but basketball is a full go. The NBA picks back up from the All-Star break that's already happened. They're in and going, and Selection Sunday now is just over a week away. So from all the latest odds, totals, and player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs, plus game scores, podcasts, and all the latest news. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net's College World Series Championships odds are already out. Texas leads the way at 15-2 odds, and the Tar Heels are coming in at 80-1 to odds. So, head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about all the trends and action at BetOnline. BetOnline.net, where the game starts. Two quarterbacks? What is this noise? That sounds awful, right? Yeah, but Coach Mac Brown has hinted at the possibility. So Carolina had their first spring practice on Tuesday, and afterwards, Coach Brown met with the media, and one of the things he was asked about was was um, Carolina's plans and hopes with the quarterback situation. He talked about a host of topics, um, and so just buckle up because everything about the quarterback battle. That's just going to be a common refrain all spring, all summer, all fall until we know who it's going to be. So let's let's unpack this quarterback battle. What what's going on? Well, coach said that the three whom are getting the most work, two two of whom are the ones you would imagine, Jacoby Criswell and Drake May. I think everyone primarily assumes it's going to be one of those two guys, but also Connor Harrell is out there getting a lot of the work with those guys. So it's those three right now. Um, Here are some of the catchphrases that coach used about them. You wouldn't quote, you would not walk out there and think they hadn't played very much. End quote. They battled well. All three were very impressive. I was impressed by all three. We're in good shape moving forward. That's when when talking about these three quarterbacks, that, that's some of the phrases and language that Coach Brown used. And, and you hear that out of context and you think, is that just coach speak? What what is Coach Brown talking about there? Because that just seems like something something a coach says when he doesn't want to be honest or or straightforward, right? Well, If you know Coach Brown, if you listen to him, he is typically a very plain-spoken person and doesn't mince words when something or someone isn't up to expected standards. Um, He might find an interesting way to say it, but he's going to tell you the truth about it. But at the same time, maybe these young quarterbacks need to hear the encouragement. Maybe they need to hear their head coach say, hey, I'm not sure which of these three quarterbacks is going to be our guy. 
but it's going to be one of them. And whoever that is, we're in good shape with it. So I don't think it's coach speak, but I might, I think it might be a way that coach Brown is through a press conference, speaking encouragement to his guys, regardless of how coach Brown actually feels. It's undeniable that it is a quarterback room in transition. Um, and so that's one of the things that he talked about in his press conference is, hey, what what do you do when you're changing from Sam Howell to a newcomer, from Colt McCoy to somebody fresh coming in? Here are some of the plans he talked about of how Carolina is going to try to approach this, try to help these these young quarterbacks feel comfortable. Well, first off, I mean, this is a no-brainer, right? But I'm going to look to find mismatches and direct the ball there. That is the first option on my route tree. Um, where Essentially, <laughs> where's Josh Downs, right? I think is going to be the common question. And then get the ball into the hands of that player. Hopefully, and we're, we'll talk about this a lot this offseason, but Carolina is going to need some help for Josh Downs. And um, all the same, though, you do want to continue to get the ball into his hands because he is your best playmaker. I think another thing that Coach talked about that, that needs to happen for these young quarterbacks is just easy reads. We, we've heard um, Coach Chiswick talk about his goal is to simplify things. See the ball, hit the ball carrier, right? Simplify, easy reads. How can we make this a little bit easier on our quarterbacks? But here's what really shocked me. Coach Brown was thoroughly unconcerned about choosing a quarterback coming out of spring. I, I really thought he would be pretty adamant about finding his guy now in these um, spring weeks or maybe even early fall. Because let's be honest, we've all seen the two quarterback things tried by schools and it rarely, if ever, goes well. And on top of that, in this same press conference, Coach Brown had talked about um, one of the issues last year coming out of spring practice is that people didn't know who are going to be our guys, right? We, we want to establish who are these three running backs and then pour all our time into preparing them. Who are our six receivers and then pour all our time into getting them ready, investing in their preparation. But he's not saying that same thing about knowing who our quarterback is and rolling with that. That seems like a little bit of not going together. That seems different. And so it's just handling the quarterback scenario different than the other position groups. And so that we're just going to have to wait and see how that plays out. Now, here's what's interesting. Coach Brown was asked directly about if he wants to see a quarterback separate himself this spring. And is it a big deal if that doesn't happen? His response? Let me play it for you. Yeah, Mac, would you like to see one of the quarterbacks separate himself from the rest of the pack? And, and if that doesn't happen is, in the spring, is that not a, a big deal? Todd, I would like to see that. And I don't care if it happens now. It's got to happen before the fall. If they don't separate, you play them both. Interesting. So Coach Brown is saying, if no one separates, then you just play both? He went on to list examples from how they had done that in his first stint in Chapel Hill, how they did that at, at Texas with uh, with Sims and Applewhite, things of that nature in which they ran a two-quarterback system. It just doesn't seem like that's a good idea. Um, now, he did talk about uh, later that in, in the first season back here in Carolina, 
that Coach Longo had experience with this. This is back in 2020. That spring, he had Cade Fortin, Jace Reuter, and Sam Howe, and actually flipped rock, paper, or not flipped, played rock, paper, scissors to see who would start the spring game. And ultimately, though, they, as we all know, did decide on Sam Howell. He said about a week to 10 days before that first game against South Carolina that fall. And so uh, maybe that's how things will play out. We're going to have to wait and see. Here's the good news. Regardless of what happens is that, as Coach Brown said, all three apparently look good. And he feels comfortable with any of the three of them. All three of them apparently get along. That's that's what the reports say is that they they interact well with each other, which I like, but also hopefully they're competing and like I want to be the guy. You you want that alpha dog to lead the way. Thankfully, as as we said yesterday, we've got um, some help coming in um, in the form of Gaynor transferring in from Miami, who has been a captain at Miami, has some help and experience with that. So even if the quarterback isn't necessarily uh, a dynamic leader, you've got someone there who, who can help guide the way. Coach Brown also talked about how all three of these quarterbacks play similarly. And so whichever one it is, you can run the same offense. And so that's awesome. It's nice that, that they can be interchangeable. And that's great for an injury situation, right? Let's say, let's say it's Drake May, and Drake May goes down, which would be tragic. But hopefully that wouldn't happen. And you need to send in Criswell or Connor Harrell. You don't have to change anything. You don't have to change any personnel because they can run the same offense. But here's my question: If you are going to lean into a two quarterback system. I feel like maybe you want two guys who play differently, so it's a defense has to prepare for both uh, eventualities, right? Like, hey, if Drake May's coming in, we as a defense know we figure out these things and do these things. But if Jacoby Criswell comes in, we've got to change our scheme and do things a little bit differently because he's going to attack us differently. So uh, while I see the value in all three quarterbacks being able to run the same thing, maybe there would be some things that would be nice about having quarterbacks with a couple different skill sets. We're just going to have to see. And ultimately, here's how I think it'll play out. Here is my thought. It's fun. It's entertaining. It's good for content to talk about two quarterbacks, but it's not going to happen. If you've got three quarterbacks who, who do the same thing, I feel like that makes it easier to pick one. If I've got three people who are all cooks, who cooks the best? If I've got three pitchers who all throw 97 change up of the group, right? Like surely if these three quarterbacks play similarly, stylistically have the same skill set, who does that the best? And then you go out and that's your guy. I think that's what you need to do. And I think also, as I alluded to, if you're planting a flag of which players you're going with at other positions, I think it's going to help the team, help the program to know here's our guy at quarterback as well. And then you know where everything's at. Now, and then eventually, if you realize, hey, we made the wrong choice, you, you switch it up and you roll with it, but then that's your guy. I, I just don't think the back and forth of you get a couple series, you get a couple series, that just that doesn't help anyone's confidence. It doesn't help know, here's my role, here's what I'm doing. And so ultimately, end of the day, I think Coach Brown and the coaching staff will name a starter. I don't think we're going to end up seeing a two-quarterback system.
Well, that's it for today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels. Please go subscribe to the show wherever you listen or if you watch on YouTube. It'd be very easy to just hit that subscribe button. Hit the bell that's right beside the subscribe button and it'll notify you when a new episode drops. That would be awesome. Would love it if you would leave comments, rate, review the show, and that helps it get in more people's ears and in front of more people's eyes. Please follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Heels. You can follow me at Isaac Shade. You see it right here. Boop, 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 boop. And uh, if you want to talk through email, would love to correspond with you back and forth. You can email the show LockedOnTarHeels at gmail.com. And as always, if you like what you're hearing and seeing, please go do tell a friend. Coming up next week, you thought this week was big in Carolina sports? Oh boy, we got a big one next week. We're going to recap the Duke game, recap the women's ACC basketball tournament, get you ready for the men's ACC basketball tournament, men's ACC postseason awards coming out. We're going to find out about what we've been talking a lot this week about ACC Player of the Year. NFL Combine updates. The NFL Combine is going on. It runs through Monday. Get you ready for Selection Sunday later in the week. We've got Tuesday Trivia. And I'm going to be a guest, as I said, on Locked On ACC this weekend, previewing the Duke and UNC game. You can check that out on the Locked On ACC channel. Thank you so much for making Locked On Tar Heels your first listen every single day. And now, if you're looking for another show to listen to on the Locked On Network, let me encourage you to check out Locked On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Thanks so much for spending your Friday and your week talking Carolina sports with me. It's one of the best times of the year in college athletics. Football's getting going, basketball's wrapping up and winding down, and March Madness is upon us. I hope you have a great weekend, and remember, it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. Until next time, peace! Peace!